Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second episode of It's All Good. I'm Gavin Good, and today I've got my old friend um, and former boss, Cole Hankey, on the show. I'd like former boss to go first when you're listing my titles, please. My former boss and supreme ruler, Cole Hankey, uh, who now works at WCIA in Springfield. He is a reporter for them. Welcome to the show, Cole. It's great to have you on. Thanks for stopping by in Champaign. Yeah, you know, I'm the second guest, so I'm kind of offended, but it's fine. Jake's okay, I guess. Well, uh, well, Jake was my inspiration for this. You uh, never told me you should go start a podcast, Gavin. It'd be great. I had a better name. I'm sorry. I'm just throwing wait, that out there. What was your... Oh, wait. No, you, no I, I liked your name, but I, I like this one better. I, yeah, your girlfriend came up with it, didn't she? Yeah, but... I, I understand. It's okay. So. No, no, no. I, I legitimately liked it better. It's not because it's her idea. But, I, but share, I, share your name proposal with the people. It was supposed to be The Goods with Gavin Good. So then the intro would be, Welcome to The Goods with Gavin Good. I'm Gavin Good. And then it would just roll, and it was going to be really good. Welcome to It's All Good, I'm Gavin Good. <laughs> I think that's still pretty decent, too. Um, anyway, we've got, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to have a little bit more of a rigid agenda today, because Cole can offer his thoughts on a variety of things, including the latest in Illinois football, which was another loss, of course, for Lovey Smith's side, a 42-25 result against Michigan. The Illini looked dead in the water at halftime, down 28-7. They were down 28-zip to a zip and then got a touchdown in before the half, which gave them a flicker of life. Um, Illinois goes and, and scores 25 unanswered, and it, they get it to 28-25, and then what happens? You know, Michigan does what Michigan does and beats teams like Illinois. Ends up making it a pretty comfortable 42-25 to result. Um Cole, what, what do you just have to say about the state of Illinois football right now? I mean, I went here, I graduated two years ago, went here four years. My fir- my freshman year was the last year of the Beckman saga, or the I guess Beckman tenure, and then the saga started right afterwards. But the, uh, I mean, it's pretty much the same as what I've been dealing with. I mean, freshman year, they went to that bowl game, the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl, I think is what it was called, which is... Uh, mediocre to say uh to put it nicely i guess i don't know they've never been good this isn't surprising i'm coming at you as a jaded fan not a not a sports reporter around campus anymore but yeah i mean i was shocked when they made the comeback and it's just a few different they just keep giving me hope and then they keep taking and then it keeps like drifting away uh i drove over here for the nebraska game oh boy and i actually well not for the nebraska game i was just visiting like just some friends in town, and then when I pulled in, my one friend was at the game, and they were winning at halftime, so I paid $10, I went in, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the second half, and then, no, I, I'm starting to think it's my fault, because <laughs> I've been on campus for the past two home games now, and they're just not, I mean, they didn't pull them out, obviously. The early season, I can't really, I don't have an explanation for, though. Man, is it really that hard to just stay outside at the tailgate? No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Illinois, yeah, things are not good. They are now, they've now lost four straight um, and it looks like they're probably, things are only going to get worse against Wisconsin next week, who looks really, really freaking good. They shut out Michigan State, a pretty good team yesterday, 38 to nothing, and wow. And then, of course, they've got Jonathan Taylor, a Heisman candidate running back. Um, I think me and Jake set the over-under uh, at, like, 250 yards Oh, I thought it was Taylor. 700 or something. <laughs> um, Jake tweeted that yesterday. Jake tweeted that, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, would you take... 250, would you take the over on that? I'd slam the over on that. Yeah, I'm not really familiar with their... I mean, do they have a second back? 
Do they? Uh, yeah, and he, I don't remember his name. He's he's decent, and they'll probably be up so much that they might end up pulling. Taylor. Yeah, I mean that's the reason he wouldn't go over two fifty. I don't think the Illinois defense is going to keep him under that. But if I think it's more coach's decision, if I but I'd probably go. I'd probably go over. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's very possible that Illinois could surrender. 350 on the ground in total to Wisconsin next week. I mean, they Michigan, a, a team that has really struggled offensively and really has struggled specifically in the in the run game, had had 295 yards as a team yesterday. They had two 100 yard rushers against the Illini. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the third game in a row that Illinois has given up over 200 yards on the ground. Uh, they gave up over 300 to Minnesota, who was another team that hadn't really done great in the run game. Um, what did they average per run run yesterday? Michigan. Yeah. They rushed a lot, so they averaged six point one. But six point one uh, yards. Yeah, per but carry. Hassan Haskins averaged ten point four yards per carry, which is just that's a first down every time you touch the ball. I mean, that is how you lose games. That's insane. I mean, what it like? I'm I work on Saturdays, so I'm like kind of off, like I'm watching the games, but I'm also obviously priority is just my job. But they what it? I mean, is it the defensive line? Are they just getting bodied by these? These opponents' offensive lines. I think it's a. I honestly think it's the issue is mostly tackling. But you think uh, it's tackling? Illinois yeah. cannot tackle. But uh, the, the defensive line is at fault partially because I mean if you watch you know the the ends they're really bad at control at like on the contain the okay. edge contain. Um, it seems like Illinois either you know they are really trying to get pressure for a, a sack, and then, you know, it's like, oh, you you, you, get, you just hand the ball off, especially run, with a team back. like, yeah. with an RP that does heavily, like, run pass option, like Michigan and Minnesota did that a little bit too, or a lot, actually. Um, and there's just, there's just no improvement being shown there. I mean, Michigan is a, a better team than Minnesota, you'd think, although Minnesota actually just destroyed Nebraska yesterday. Um I, I gotta look up that final score right there because, because at least it, that's it was something ridiculous with how, with how close Illinois played Nebraska. Should have beat Nebraska. Oh, absolutely! Illinois should have beat Nebraska. Yeah, Minnesota won that one thirty-four to seven. They're now ranked number six, and they are six and zero, oh, which is pretty wild, even though they've got a weak schedule. But yeah, things are not looking good for Illinois. This was football. this was like a hot seat year for Fleck, right? I I don't know if I would say maybe maybe okay. because the schedule the schedule is yeah. really bad it, yeah. it looks worse now okay after well, the six wins at least they're um, winning but that's Can't a good segue because this certainly is a hot seat year for Lovey Smith with the way things have gone so far even though I mean do you give him do you give him more time with the way things are going right now there's still as Smith Smith loves to say there's a lot of football left to be played and he's right there is. The Illini have six more games, or no, they have, uh, they have, yeah, they have, they have a lot. There's a lot of football left to be played, bottom line. Um, Wisconsin up next, and then you got Purdue and Rutgers. They got six, they got three more after that. You go to Michigan State, to Iowa, and then you host Northwestern in that sixth and final game remaining. Um, what do you think about Lovey Smith's job security right now? Um, I mean, it's obviously not in a good position right now, but I, uh, I'm looking at that schedule. I still think they can beat Rutgers. You have to. Yeah, you have have to to. beat Rutgers. You have to beat Rutgers. The, the Michigan State game, there's always a, for some reason, they can always put up a fight against Michigan State. And that's so funny because they do that in basketball, too. any sport, they can always kind of, for some reason, they like to hang with Michigan State, and it's really funny. Yeah, Illinois soccer just snapped a five-game losing streak. Um, we're recording this on Sunday. 
Uh, they just snapped a five-game Big Ten losing streak against Michigan State today. I might be thinking more basketball geared yeah. with that, yeah. fighting against it, but maybe that can carry over a little bit. I well, don't, know. don't forget, when, when, he, when Cole still was an Illinois uh, sports reporter, uh, Illinois beat Michigan State. Yeah, yeah on that's, Dad's Day. On yeah. Dad's Day, yeah, that was fun. That was a good one. Yeah, and that, that was a team that. Where, is that my junior year? Was that your freshman? That year? was my freshman year because I went yeah. to that game with yeah. my dad. Yeah, because I didn't go to that game. I I went to that game, but I was covering it. I wasn't in the stands. Yeah, that was you know throwbacks to the times when I could you know like do things like that. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, yeah, Illinois does tend to play Michigan State closely. But yeah, but so that's two potential win. I mean, I Rutgers is a must win, especially for you. You just call that a potential win against Michigan State. I think it's over a Purdue, not a potential win. It's a. It's the classic. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they won that. Like I okay. honestly think okay. that if they if Purdue Purdue just blew out uh, Maryland Maryland last 40 night Maryland's or fourteen. Not, Maryland's not great. They've had a couple bad games this year, too, but I don't know. I don't see Purdue happening. I don't see Purdue happening with the way that things are going for them. I mean, they come out and smack Maryland yesterday, and Maryland's a team that has had some wins by a large margin. I think they beat – did they not beat Texas? Who did they lose? Who They had that real bad loss earlier in the season. What was that? That was a – Looks it up really quick. Yeah, real quick. Um – Maryland lost to Temple. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But they also beat the crap out of Syracuse, sixty-three to twenty, and then yeah, the all... seventy-nine to zero win against Howard. Oh, I mean, yeah, you can't really take much into that. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, Maryland is definitely not a good team. Yeah. But but you look at this, you look at this schedule, and you say, I say, they are certainly going to lose against Wisconsin. I've never been in. In the last five years, I've never been more certain of a loss than next week's game. What's the line? Do we have a line yet? Uh, we might have a line. Eleven a.m. homecoming game. Nobody's gonna be there. Uh, there'll be some people there, and I'd expect uh, a lot of them to be Wisconsin fans. Yeah, Wisconsin. It'll be another game where the road team shows up big, but yeah, I don't know I don't if the know. line's out for that game yet. We don't have a line yet. All right. Well, the. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the crowd's going to be for that one, man. Cause, yeah, let me I tell mean, you, it's going to be about 50% Wisconsin fans for yeah, sure. You got, last, uh, you got last Cam's Day. Last Cam's Day. That That's actually Cam's might, death day. That actually could... Cam's that technically closes the following day on Sunday, yeah, but 20th. It, but does it actually... It's not open on Sundays. It's closing Sunday. No, it, it's, it's open that day. It's open that yeah. day? Oh, It's open man. that day. So it's second to last Cam's Day, but it's homecoming... You got to think that that actually probably does help the turnout at that game because people will want to come back for this homecoming because... I mean, people are going to come back for homecoming either way. I'm just saying, like, all these uh, alumni are going to want to go to Cam's. I know that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah, I'll be in the press box because uh, I have to be. But um, that, there was 37,000 in announced attendance yesterday. It was probably more like 25, maybe, I don't know. With like a lot of that being Michigan fans, I, I do think there were a, a few more Illinois fans in attendance. But a lot of Michigan fans around town last night too. They yeah, yeah. Um, easier to hang around when you get a win. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, Illinois is certainly losing to Wisconsin. Okay, this week. we went way off base here. We were talking about love, but uh, yeah, I just mean like, what's the what's, what's the, the plan? plan? Especially <laughs> mid season. Like the plan you, is there is no plan. <laughs> you bringing up Rod Smith or something? I know that was kind of a. 
that was an idea last year that yeah. people were kind of floating. People, it's like just promote people, Rod Smith, but people I mean, liked Rod Smith more back when he got the, the offense, offense is not moving. looking good this year. I don't no, know, but what, it did. It did look a lot better under Matt Robinson. Uh, he did give some some life. It it looked a lot better last yesterday than it did after Matt Robinson came in and ran things against Minnesota. Now, granted, it took Illinois a while to get that moving yesterday. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good situation if you fire Lovey Smith midseason. But I think the optics of keeping him around after you lose to a, if you lose to a program like Rutgers, which is just, like, the worst Power 5 program. Yeah. I mean, Illinois is, like, bottom 5 Power 5 for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, you, you if you lose Rutgers, it, it's over. And, and you, you got to just... You know, bite the bullet, fire him, and and start a very public open search for that. I, I think that, you know, well, it doesn't have to be like super public, but I just Josh Whitman has a lot to do if Illinois. Loses I just don't see. I mean, there was always that like floating thing. I don't know. I don't want to like. He's extended. They get, they extended his contract, but now they can they can fire him whenever they want. The buyout's like much smaller now, but that just I don't know. I'm I'm not on board for firing him yet I don't think that's just me though I think that they've done a really good job of recruiting St. Louis and I'm worried that especially since Lovey's the one that brought Corey Patterson in I don't know what what happens there all right Lovey Smith's buyout after this season is four million four million and that drops from 12 so drops from 12 down to four million and then the next year's two million yeah I think you can him if 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 yeah, Illinois I mean is, you can't no Illinois the contract nine, that's the whole reason they did the extension Smith. they did the extension I think this was meant to be a last year and I think if they don't win those two games then or then yeah I think that 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 he's gone but I don't think I there's no way they do a midseason I mean this whole the whole Whitman era has been about stability and it there's has. nothing less point. stable. Has. Than firing a coach midseason. There's nothing that'll throw a team like a wrench in a team more than that. Well, I that's true, and while that's true, I'd say that the wrench has definitely been thrown in this season already. <laughs> at this point, two and four. I mean, zero oh and three, really, Big Ten. Like, it's a bad start. It's a bad start, but what I mean, Eastern Michigan is there. Like, if you were going into the season and you were picking like. I think I was talking to people, and like the most optimistic that we were was five wins. I disagree. I think no. the Illini fans were expecting six or seven. I think that in I think a lot were expecting a bowl. Six or seven is just that was nonsense going now, into this season. I I, agree. I I predicted five and seven. I I thought I thought Illinois would be somewhere between four and six wins. Yeah, I I mean we were. I think I put it at four when I was talking with uh, just some friends. But five, I did not think was out of reach. And if they win these right. two games, if they beat Purdue and Rutgers, or just somehow win another one of these, then they're at four. Like they're gonna get to four. So I mean, it's like, should that be expectations a year four of Lovey Smith? If you would have asked me that, absolutely not. If you would have asked me that going back, like the day he was hired, I mean, there were people running around thinking we were bowl game that first year, and obviously that <laughs> was just like a, that was just a symptom of the moment. But yeah. There I don't was know. a lot of bowl hysteria in back in 2016 when Lovey Smith came in here. It, it seemed it was a magical time on on campus. And that was that was really funny. I was a freshman. Yeah, I came in with a lot of hope. Did I, you go was, to the Did you go to the union that day when he came? Oh no, I, I I he came. Now you're talking about in the spring of 2016, right? right oh yeah, 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 yeah. I you still were, wasn't on campus. You weren't yet. even here. Yet. Yeah, I was yeah. still a senior in high school then. Um, 
But I, I mean, believe me, like me and my dad's a big time lifelong Atlanta fan, and we like were off our rockers excited about yeah. about that hiring, and and it's amazing how things have gone since then, pretty poorly, and, yeah. except recruiting. Recruiting's been fine. I mean, they've never been able to recruit, like, most of the Chicago area, so that's not a thing. I mean, they've been tearing up St. Louis. Um, Other than that, it hasn't been great, but there's unquestionably more talent on this roster than there has been on an Illinois roster, and, I mean, at least in the last five years, I'd say. And, I mean, when it comes down to it, like, I'm always one to go for more uh, back to player, more than the coaches, but... When it comes down to it, like you said, the tackle, they can't tackle. I mean, they should be learning. See, I blame that on the coaches. Not, you think that, why I blame do you blame that, that on, that on the, the coaches? If, if you're a coach, and, you know, there's been a lot of rule changes even since these guys have started playing football. If if you're a coach, Illinois is the most penalized team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Illinois really struggles to tackle. Lovey has identified tackling as a problem in the past few weeks. Um, and if you watch the games, if you watch the film, it's very obvious that it is. Illinois really struggles to get guys down after making contact, and and I think that sometimes guys are in the right position and they're just losing those one on ones. Yeah, but like tackling, tackling is a fundamental process of football. So if you're like, that's like shooting a free throw in basketball. You just got to be able to do it. You were that's something you work on in your own time. Like Lovey's not going to be cutting like a half an hour out of practice to just say, hey, we're going to have this guy run at you and you're going to tackle him. That's right. Actually, Lovey. Well, here's what I kind of lay some blame on Lovey doesn't really like to tackle live in practice. And I get that. He does. He has a thin team. This is the most talented yeah. team he's had for sure. But it's still thin. There's not a lot of depth here. There's not Big Ten quality depth. And Lovey wants to preserve what he has. And I respect that. I understand that. But there comes a point in time when if this is such an issue, you might need to change things up and, and start doing that more. And, you know, we don't get to see... Like, we don't get to see much of practice. You know, they have sometimes the, oh, first, yeah. the I mean, first 30 minutes is open. No one does tackling then, so you don't really see how much he tackles. But but Lovey has said this. He, he, he likes to not tackle that much in practice. And I think that he's kind of shown an unwillingness to make changes and to adjust his style. He's really he's really stuck with, stuck with the, the Tampa 2, cover 2 scheme that Big Ten teams have picked apart. Um Teams have started just loading up the box against Illinois. We saw that again. Michigan loaded the box a lot, and it worked because in those situations, I mean, if you got eight guys in the box, I mean, it's going to be tough for Reggie Corbin to to really do much on the ground. He had Illinois had sixty four rushing yards yesterday. That's bad. Um, Reggie Corbin had nine carries for fourteen yards. Dre Brown had a little bit of success. He had eight carries for thirty nine, which was an average of four point nine yards. So that's still pale that still pales in comparison to Michigan on the ground. Yeah. But I mean the running back position is probably I mean it's gotta be Illinois' best position. Like, right. That's just like Right. But I don't know. I still think it goes back I mean, when's the last time Illinois had a stable quarterback situation? I mean Brandon Peters, I guess at the beginning you of the thought season. At the beginning of the season. Yeah, but like that's not I mean I have a rule. I don't trust transfers. Never have. Uh, um, okay. Immorta Bebe is doing it. Uh, he's he, he's he, proven me wrong on that. He had 102 no, yards. No, I mean, he's pitches. fantastic. Yeah, he was fantastic. Key positions like that. I mean, the last time that, and I always relate my Illinois uh, athletic theories back to basketball, the last like consistent transfer we had in basketball was uh, Ravante Rice. Right. And I mean, he was good, but other than that, there's like, I mean, 
There's more busts than turnouts. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, as soon as they said we were going to have this guy, this transfer, I know he's transferred from Michigan, like, that sounds great and everything, but as soon as you got him a quarterback, it's like, okay, I'm not really totally sure on that. I was. He was their fourth. He dropped down to fourth on the death chart at Michigan and transferred to, or put his name in the transfer portal after spring ball. And to me, that says something. Yeah, Michigan's I mean, a way better program than Illinois, but you're the fourth guy. Yeah. And, and Illinois wanted Matt Fink, who uh, left USC. I, I think they wanted, uh, who else did they want? Tommy, did Tommy Stevens take a visit here? Um, I don't know, but it's just, I, I didn't think Isaiah Williams was going to be a big, like, I just didn't think the quarterback situation was solved for this year. I always thought that was going to be a, you know, year five thing. And I know you keep pushing it down the road a little bit more, but like, that is such a major part to not have. I mean, the last quarterback, the last stable quarterback situation we had was like first year Westline and he, he got hurt then. Yeah. Westline was just always hurt. And what I'm not saying it's like, the quarterback situation is always because we have a shaky quarterback. I mean, our quarterbacks have been getting hurt, too. What was the year that uh, Chase Crouch and Jeff George Jr., oh. they, I mean, they both of them got hurt or something. Bad. It was it just... Was, it was bad, and then you had uh, uh, Cam Thomas. Yeah, like, I think he got a few snaps in there. I don't it, know. It those was, guys were... One of those two was hurt. Illinois is in a better situation now, for sure, with Peters, even though he's concussed right now. With with Peters, Matt Robinson, yeah. and true freshman Isaiah Williams. How many snaps did Isaiah get yesterday? Isaiah, I don't know how many snaps did they he got. See? He was 0 for 4, and yeah, he ran for 4 yards on 4 carries. I mean... Uh, he got wrapped up in the backfield a couple times, so... Yeah. He, he As a true freshman, you know, Isaiah Williams, I don't think you can expect him to do too much. And I think a lot of the fans really just wanted Isaiah Williams to be thrown in there for the start instead I, of Robinson. Like, how many games has he played in this year now? I think this was his third game. Was this his third? Or maybe his second. It was either his second or third game. And so the, the red shirt is still in question for him, actually. One game, right? He's and, got one game? And he didn't travel with the team to Minnesota. Yeah, because you can uh, you can play in, for anyone who doesn't know, you can play in four games uh, you're without red shirt. You can play in four games, and then you can red shirt. Uh, so there is that question for Illinois. Uh, of whether to preserve their golden boy of the futures. I think you have to. I mean... And at this rate, too, I mean, I think it might be... I think you might want to more than not. But anyway... I mean, Rod Smith's offense works better with a mobile quarterback anyway. But Matt Robinson, I think Matt Robinson certainly fits that bill. He's I think he can fit, Rod Smith's guy as well. When you... Like, when it's all said and done, when it comes to the end of their career, Isaiah Williams is going to be in that better... Much better. So, oh yeah, oh, I yeah. think you save him. You give him a, you give him that extra year, and then see where it goes from there. I think I agree, especially with you know just the way things are going, because I think Isaiah Williams. I think there's probably a a good. I think he probably stays if Lovey Smith yeah. gets fired, because, I mean, <laughs> Brandon Peters has not been convincing. Matt Robinson. Now Matt Robinson had a good day yesterday, in my opinion. He was sixteen of twenty five for one hundred ninety two yards. A TD. Uh, he had a, a fumble that basically lost the game for Illinois. Yeah. It gave Michigan the ball at the one after that comeback. But I, I, I mean, I don't really blame that on him. It, it got he was trying to get rid of the ball. You know, defensive lineman. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm done talking football. Out. This is depressing. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to the the much more promising straits of Illinois basketball. Which I got takes. Okay, Cole's got takes. That's the real reason I brought him here for yeah. some flaming hot Illinois basketball takes. We got a, we got a lot to uh, be excited about in this front, I believe, um, and that was kind of reaffirmed for me a little bit after watching the Illini practice um, on Friday night. 
uh, things were it was it was pretty interesting. And and Illinois basketball has been talking a big talk at Big Time Media Day in Rosemont. They were talking a big talk. Um, Io said we have that swag going. Brad Underwood said there's a different swagger about this team. So yeah, swagger, swagger, swagger. Illinois has it, but they are also returning a potential lottery pick in Desumu. They've got Kofi Coburn, who is he is just massive, a massive man. It, talking to him for the first time um, around the meet, like with the with the media on Friday, was really interesting because. I mean, sometimes I record audio and, like, video at the same time. And you had to, like... Yeah, and <laughs> Kofi's head took up my entire video screen. Like, usually <laughs> usually you kind of get the head and shoulders yeah. look. And, like, it, it wasn't like I was standing super close and to him. And you're seeing, like, right up his nose and everything. <laughs> it was looking just... Up. Yeah. He is huge, and he plays like a huge man. He is a game changer for Illinois. Yeah, there's too much positivity. I, I I like the team having their swagger and everything they're talking about, but the the fan base right now, there's too much positivity. I don't like it. I'm cynical about this. I don't think this bodes well. I I am uh, I'm nervous for the beginning of the year. I think they're uh, I don't know, man. It's ma- it's making me worried. Brad Underwood's got this very like fast paced offense. I'm wondering how Kofi's gonna fit in there. I think that's interesting. If he, I mean, all the highlights I've seen of the guy have been when he's already in the paint, and he looks great when he's in the paint. But if you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna need to run, especially with the way like Trent likes to push the ball. Georgie can run, and Georgie can really run. Yeah, for Georgie a big can guy. really run. I mean, Georgie's awesome. I'm not gonna like. I can't say anything bad about that guy right now because he played fantastic last year, and some of the stuff he was doing was absolutely incredible. But I mean, to go back to it, this is the most excited a fan base, the Illini fan base has been about anything since Lovey got hired. Oh, I yeah. don't even think Certainly. that's in question. Uh, I don't know, man. It's making me nervous. I, I think there's a few narratives around the team that I just don't think are warranted. I think the, the Io Trent, like, mm. can they work together? Mm. I think they, they, like, that was fixed last year. I don't even think that was ever a problem. I thought they played awesome. I think they got better together down the stretch. I think I think in, inherently in Trent's game, something that was a problem for that was that Trent wasn't playing efficiently enough. And yeah, but I don't think that was a. I don't think I didn't ever watch an Illini game and be like, "Oh, Trent Frazier, the, he was the guy his freshman year." Yes, and I didn't ever think, "Oh, he's like jealous of Io or something, or he's got to get his shots up. He's doing this just so he can hit these like." get these shots up. I thought he played really well. I was actually really surprised with how he handled that situation last year because Io did have a few of those breakout games that just kind of catapulted him, and he he did have the recruitment behind him. Like Everybody knew he was going to be the guy eventually, and when Io started to show the signs, everybody just put him right there. But I thought Trent played really well. I think that big three they got there of just Trent, Io, and Georgie, I think those are your three guys. I agree, and, and then I think, you know, well, first of all, I, I kind of want to address what you said about you know Trent playing well down the stretch last year. I, I think Trent did play well yeah. last season. I think, I think though that his game is changing a little bit in the sense, and it, and it needs to to succeed for this team, in the sense that he needs to be able to be the guy who can catch and shoot a little bit more, who can who can have opportunities created for him. He doesn't need to be the guy who always has the ball in his hands. And I, I think that Trent is, I think he will succeed at that. I think Illinois will be a lot better for Trent and Io playing well together as with Io as more of the focal point of the offense and Trent as more of, you know, 
a, a pure scorer. And yeah. then he's also very good defensively. They both are very good defensively. Yeah, no, I think they're, they got a very good uh, backcourt there, and I just think they're like, I think they're going to play well together. I don't think that's going to be as much of a problem as people are maybe anticipating. Trent, I mean, there were growing pains just because of the different role he had to do, but I don't think there's anything wrong with having two guys, two primary ball handlers. I don't think there's anything wrong with switching them out or maybe running action off the two of them, getting Georgie up top, and then having like short corner Kofi just chilling down there waiting to cut in. I just think there's a lot of stuff they can do with that with that motion offense that Brad Underwood likes to run. The defense is just I I've never liked Brad Underwood's defense philosophy. It reminds me so much of Lovey's defense of <laughs> like Ben How? don't break. We're gonna force a ton of turnovers, but we're gonna break every time we don't force a turnover. It drives me insane. There was a game his first year, and I know this is his first year, and I know they're getting better and everything, and they didn't quite have a game like this last year, but they had a game against Michigan State where it was the game that Kipper Nichols dropped like like thirty oh, some yeah. points. The, I think he had thirty one. Yeah. in that game, the Kip the Kipper game, the Kipper game, man. <laughs> it was supposed to happen last year, and it never happened. It was I was riding the Kipper game the entire time. And this guy, but in that game, it was, every, you looked at the shot chart. It, they, Michigan State did not even make a three until the end of the game, but they were just up consistently by 15 the entire time. The shot chart, everything was within five feet because this defense, they, they get up on the ball, they pressure the ball, which is awesome, but then they jump passing lanes too much. And it's like they're trying to get a turnover on the first pass every single time, and it just bugs me because you need to, like, just keep – the pressure on the ball, and then the, eventually the guys are just going to turn the ball over. If you keep it up and just keep the passing lanes, don't jump them, but just deny a little bit, get back, make sure you're in the right position because as soon as they get the ball and they catch you out of position, these are Big Ten basketball players. They're going to punish you for it. and it's just They punish them every single time because these defenses or these offenses know that that's what they're going for. All right, here is why... Here's what's changed, and here's why I think that this is going to work for Illinois this year. You have seven foot, almost three hundred pound Kofi Coburn there to protect the rim and let guys, let guys take those risks without the threat of a dunk. You know, you have to deal with Kofi at the rim. I think Kofi's going to have a problem with fouls this year. I think it's going to be yeah. a big problem for him. Um, Georgie had that problem as as Illinois guy too, and it, and I think that. That is certainly something that he's gonna, as a freshman, he's gonna have to adjust to. He's gonna have to learn to kind of how to be that post presence without hacking guys every time. But I mean, he had a couple, uh, he had a couple of vicious blocks in practice on Friday, and you know he had some fouls as well. And I think that Illinois just has not had that, nothing like that yet with Brad Underwood. I mean, they haven't had any. They didn't have. They haven't had anything like that since like, Myers Leonard. Yeah, I guess you'd say Myers Leonard. I mean, Myers Leonard liked to be. He didn't like to stay in the paint yeah. very much. I mean, but yeah, a big guy like that. I mean, Myers was 100% more athletic than Kofi. I mean, the footwork. George, that's the thing that's worrying me about Kofi right now. Uh, I think you're right with the foul thing because his footwork is just a little bit. I mean, it's it's the footwork of a guy who's just absolutely massive and is in high school and he or was in high school from the stuff that I've been seeing. He looks a little bit better. The pick and roll video that I saw of Io tossing. I mean, it looked it looked all right, but. I don't know. I think he doesn't have the like. He's definitely not doesn't have athleticism of Myers Leonard to get you like. What was it? Yeah. Sophomore, junior year, lot of lot of pick. Yeah, was, was ridiculous. Um, I think uh, it, it's funny you mentioned that alley oop because uh, 
I a little teaser for later in the show. I I got Georgie one on one on Friday. I also talked to Io Trent and Brad Underwood one on one. I'm gonna play audio from all of those interviews because I got some really good stuff. But Georgie told me that when Kofi misses an alley oop like that in practice, and he, and he didn't miss any on Friday, uh, he has to go straight to the treadmill and run on the treadmill. Are you serious? Yeah, they're That's they're fun. not putting up with any miscommunications, any misses from Kofi. It's it's the oops are gonna be coming, uh, and they're gonna be. Hopefully, <laughs> you, you think hopefully, Illinois, not so many miscues on those because they threw them up a lot last yeah. year. I'm just interested to see what they end up running with both of those guys. I'm assuming they're going to be doing a lot more pick and roll because Kofi's going to be a better roll guy than Georgie was. But most like all of uh, most of Georgie's post production or offensive production came in the post off of great footwork and great touch. I mean, stunning footwork. Yeah, at times from Georgie. Yeah, so, no, his footwork's insane. That's like yeah. what got him everything yeah. last year. And then he just he was just knew how to hit a hit the bucket. And I everything. mean, the, but the first time Brad Underwood saw him, he instantly knew that he wanted Georgie to come to Illinois, and and that was a lot of why that next level. Yeah, no, that fo- uh, like that's his best part. But he's not like he didn't see Georgie putting too much of the like high post, like fifteen foot free throw line extended kind of kind of offense out there. So having both those guys down low is going to be really interesting. I don't know. I mean, Kofi can cut down from the top. It'll be it'll be interesting, and I think it'll be a really good test for seeing how those two guys can pass down low. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering how this is all going to integrate from uh, with their backcourt and the frontcourt, how right. those guys are going to work together as well. I mean, really, I'm just interested to see what this offense does, and I'm still so, so scared about the defense. It's going to be a really exciting season, I think, regardless of... Cole, Cole is, t- is... He wants Illinois fans to, to temper their expectations a little bit. Uh, it, and, you know, maybe that's Cole being scarred I mean, from a lot it, of rough sporting experiences. It's 100% me being scarred. What, this is our schedule, right? This is what we're looking at? Yeah, this is... Illinois I mean, the season. early season is just... That's easy. You get Miami in the Big Ten. Well, you ACC. got two tough. You got a tough road trip right off the bat. If if I'm you, that's what really worries. Arizona's me. Grand gonna Canyon be. and Arizona back to back. Is Finky still there? Uh, young Finky. Uh, young Finky is still there. Michael Finky. Uh, yeah. is done. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's gonna be tough. Neither uh, Arizona did not make the tournament last year. Grand Canyon didn't either. Uh, but you know Arizona's a blue blood, blue blood, blue blood program. Jeez, and uh, that's gonna be a tough game on the road. I think. Uh, That'll be a tough one. What do you think, looking at this roster, returning everybody besides Aaron Jordan, what do you think the expectation is for you, Cole? Oh, I mean, I th- I mean, there's nothing, nowhere to go but up with it. If they, like, I even me as a jaded Illinois fan, I'm one that's just always expecting the worst. I can't imagine them getting worse this year. I mean, Aaron Jordan was your classic Illinois guy who played... He was just—he was the leader. He was great. Love Aaron Jordan. Yeah. But as soon as they guy. hit the, as soon as they started hitting the conference games and everything, his production dropped off. You're not going to get as much from him. And like he Love balled it. out in a few of those games early in the season, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, Aaron Jordan, he's the guy." And then it's like Jake Hansen against MAC teams in football. <laughs> yeah. Jake Hansen always making crazy plays against MAC teams in Illinois. Yeah. So uh, it's just like I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be better. I definitely think tournament team is. Uh, I if they're not a tournament team, that's gonna be really, really, really rough. Yeah, it's just where they get in the tournament. Okay, so okay, so I think I think our expectations are actually similar, very yeah. similar. And what's I, your what's your like what's your like ideal? Not like what is your expectations for tournament? For the to tournament? get there, period. I mean, I, I think Illinois has to get there. 
You, yeah. you have to get to the NCAA tournament this year. You haven't been there in way too long for being, as Brad Underwood loves to refer to Illinois, ranked the 11th uh, best program in college basketball of all time. Fun fact that uh, <laughs> younger Illinois fans might have no idea about that, but Illinois used to be really good in college basketball all the time. Um, no, I think you have to make the NCAA tournament. I think, I think I'd set this team at about 20 wins, as, or maybe 19 wins is the over-under. Um, you know, the, the non-conference what schedule is, it, 35? is tough. What's the total number? Uh, of games? Yeah. I think Illinois is set to play 29. 29? Not including the Big Ten tournament. Not including the Big Ten tournament. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think about 19 and 10 is probably where I'd put this. And that's... Yeah. I mean, that's, I think, in the Big Ten, uh, Illinois is going to be uh, a team that didn't lose much, whereas some other teams, like Purdue, lost a lot, even though you, you'd bet on Purdue to be pretty good still. Um, yeah. I think that... Illinois, I, I'd say maybe sixth place in the Big Ten. You know, maybe a, uh, maybe like ten and eight in the Big Ten. I, I think I'd set that about about there. Um, I really think that they that they have to. The onus is on getting back to the tournament, and they 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 should be there with the talent that they have. Brad Underwood has has brought in some new guys um, as well, and there's there's some more question marks about those guys. Um, Benjamin Bozeman's Verdunk from uh, Belgium. I think he's very intriguing. Um, that man is muscular. Yeah. He is very muscular. All right, where are we at on Kipper this year? Am Kipper, I going to get a Kipper oh, game? God. Am I getting a Kipper game or no? Lord knows that I've Brad been a Kipper Nichols, wants you to have a Kipper name. I've been a Kipper Nickel Stan the entire time he's been here. All right, so I am, I'm always, you need eight guys. And during the regular season, you can play more than that, obviously. You don't want to run the same eight guys. But you need ground. eight good quality guys. But you need guys eight guys that when you're going into like a must-win game, you got to have eight guys. And those are your guys. You don't want to you don't want to expand too far. You want to keep the guys in the league. So you got Trent, you got Io, you got Georgie, you got Kofi. Kofi, you got to put in there now. I mean, I know he hasn't played a game, but you got to put him in there now. You got... Uh, Feliz played pretty well last Feliz year. Feliz was fantastic. You got uh, Andy Katz rated him as one of the best uh, "quote unquote" glue guys in the country, and I, I would God. definitely agree with that. Later. Although right. Andy Katz loves Illinois, and he really for does. some reason, man, that's another thing I'm not not about right well, now. Hey. Got, so how many are we at? We have five. That's five right Alan there. Alan Griffin. I think Alan, Alan Griffin, Griffin is, showed some good really good him. stuff at the end of the feel season. Good about him. Uh, that's your. That's another intangibles guy. I feel like he had some. He had some good hustle. From plays. there, I think it gets a little bit more questionable, though. You gotta, that's where I, I'm telling you. I think I. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get from Benjamin Bosman for dunk. He hasn't even really practiced yet, but on paper he looks good. He's you know, listed at six eight, two thirty five, um, and he's very muscular. He's not in that. He's not in that eight in the beginning though. Yeah. that's something where he can work in. He, Would that's you put Tevian like, Jones in that eight? Because yeah, we're, we're at yeah, we're at Tevian. we're at six with Allen. So Tevian makes it yeah, seven. Yeah, of, and then of eight I forgot about him. You feel really good at. And then I I'd throw Demonte Williams in there as my eight. You put him over because. Kipper. Yeah, yeah. Because he, you know, what you're getting from Demonte Williams. He's a good one-on-one defender. He can rebound better than Kipper. Um, he's consistent. Obviously, he's been bad on the offensive end yeah. in his Illinois career. But uh, Brad talked about that on Friday too. Uh, that's oh, did where... Demonte fix his jumper? Did, is yeah. that the narrative going in again? Because wasn't that last year? Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that was last I, I year. I don't know if I, I wouldn't count on Demonte Williams being a scorer, but I would certainly count on him being a guy that I feel good about on the floor. He can help this team defensively a lot. And then you know maybe make some good passes, score when he when he has open shots. 
But I, I feel pretty decent about you about Cole's eight solid guys that you trust. I feel pretty good about that group for Illinois. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think you got I got you and got some. That's not it. even counting Benjamin Bozeman's Verdonk. Like who you got some guys that can work their way into that. I mean, there's space. The boss man is as they nicknamed him as well. So I, I is think, that what they're calling him because they don't want to say his full name? Yeah, and and I I apologize if I have botched his name at all in, in pronunciation. I'm just not even gonna try to say it. I mean, he said it, it was funny. <laughs> I, he talked. I talked to him for the first time too uh, with several other reporters, and he said that. A lot of us have been botching his name, yeah. but then he he didn't offer like the this is how you should say it. So I I'm gonna have to get that from him next yeah. time I talk to him to say Benjamin, how should the people refer to you officially? <laughs> um, because I it was a big deal for uh, Georgie Bezhanish really like at the beginning of last year. You know it, he had a tough name to say, and a lot of people. I mean, it helps learning it when you play the way Georgie did. Yeah, no, that that made it that made it easier. <laughs> anyway, some good Illinois basketball talk, but now uh, I want to talk. Uh, something about something that Cole has actually seen firsthand as a as a reporter in Springfield for WCIA. Um, California recently uh, passed a bill to pay to allow athletes to get compensation off their likeness. Yeah, off so their likeness endorsements in Illinois. It's called the Student Athlete Endorsement Act. So and um, Cole is right there on the front lines with this um, in in the state house. And Cole, just what do you think about how this is going in Illinois? It, it has been proposed, and it, you'd think that it will be voted on in the near future, right? Yeah, because the bill was filed. So that uh, it was filed the day that Cal- the California governor signed it, with like LeBron James and all those guys. Yeah. And uh, that was a coincidence, actually. And uh, just the fact that it worked out that way it was kind of funny. I was talking to Chris Welch, who's the bill sponsor. He's a former baseball player at Northwestern. Uh, as soon as California passed it and we knew the governor was going to sign it, we were just trying to figure out who was actually going to be the one to file Gavin it. Gavin Newsom, by the way, same name as me, California governor. Yeah, super, super cool guy. He's been on the shop. Are you going to be on the shop next? Are you the next Gavin? The next Gavin on the shop? On the shop. Yeah. What does that the, even mean? That's LeBron's show, right? LeBron. Oh, the sh- Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I did. This be an podcast honor. needs to get a little bigger. It'd be an honor, be yeah. yeah. LeBron, put I me on I just don't know man. how many Gavins he's going to be putting on there, but... Well, uh, if there's number two, it should be me. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. But uh, so Chris Welch, one that filed the bill, he is super optimistic. He wants this to get done. It is an identical bill to the one in California. He th- said that the way California did it is the perfect way. This will allow players to get money off their likeness, off sponsorships, off events. Anybody can pay them now to go do stuff, go do events or anything like that. And there's no salary component. This costs the universities nothing. It'll be really interesting to see how that, that pans out because uh, the bill actually went over, it passed unanimously yeah. in the second chamber in California, in California yeah. which I was really surprised about. I don't know if that's going to be the case here in Champaign, I think that, or here in Springfield. I think that there's going to be a lot of talk I, uh, about the salary. I think some people are going to chime in and be like, why aren't we doing salaries? Because this, the way this is structured right now, there's no doubt that the better athletes are going to be getting more money. Oh, yeah. And Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no way that anybody in the smaller sports is going to be getting the same money as the no. revenue sports. It'll if, be interesting. If, if you're a star soccer player, you're a star volleyball player, you might get some. You, you might get some sponsorships. Yeah, I, I think, think it's some Illinois volleyball players who might get some sponsorships. Yeah, and but that's going to pale in comparison. Yeah, and, and that's right. And, and you're talking about those Illinois volleyball players right now. 
uh, none of them are going to get the option. I mean, this is if yeah, this passes right. here in October, right. this will go into effect in January first of twenty twenty three. So that's three years that's down the road. That's the brace for lawsuits. From yeah, the NCAA for the record, everyone. Uh, the NCAA is going to like really go after this. And the NCAA so, sees this as an existential threat. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, the state is getting involved in all of this. It's exactly like the FBI getting in on all of it for corruption and stuff. Now the state's like, hey, we're going to change how the, these work. And for those of you wondering how that's going to work, ba- the way the state's going about it and the way the bill reads is that the NCAA has rules that say athletes are no are not allowed to make money off their likeness or endorsements or anything like that because of their amateurism rules and all of that. So what the state is saying is that public universities, universities within the state, cannot are prohibited from following the, any rules like that from any institution. So the NCAA, that, that is what it's targeted at. It's just not going to say the NCAA because then the NCAA changed their name or something. I don't know. There's some lawyer stuff in there. But that's what it's doing. It's saying you're just not allowed to follow these rules anymore. And, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's going to get – there's going to be so many different lawsuits filed. There's gonna It's going to take forever, which is why they're giving that window right. because if they said – it's effective immediately and which i think somebody in florida the same bill is holding up all the states are copy and pasting this copying and pasting this bill which is what california wanted when yeah. they did this they wanted to be the ones setting the because blueprint for this if if illinois changed even one sentence in this bill then the lawsuits that the NCAA files for california would not be applicable the decisions would not be applicable to the one in illinois so then it'd be a whole separate court decision so the idea is that all these states fill it out at the same time. I think somebody even in the federal government is saying that 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 they're going to file a similar bill. I don't know. This is this is a huge movement. It's really interesting to see this all happen this way. I don't think anybody expected the states to get involved and do this this quickly, especially. Yeah, I mean, I think they. This is just something that now that people are realizing they can do it, lawmakers are realizing they can do it. They're like, wait a second, we can do this. This is nuts. And honestly, it's just an idea that I feel like most of the public, especially, yeah. are just kind of like. It's about time. Let's do this. Uh, I, for one, think it's you know it's certainly about time. If you're a if you're a college athlete and if you're Io Desumu and you're a star at Illinois, think about you know jersey sales. So the, you think, the attention he brings. I think Io deserves to see some of that. You think jersey sales? You think like and I'm sure that there will be some like just a little bit of Nike money. Yeah, for that, these and that athletes. is different than. For him like him signing a sponsorship with like uh yeah a like, water bottle company. Since it's a Nike school, since Illinois is a Nike school, it would not surprise me. Everybody sees these shoes that they're wearing. It would not surprise me that if they had like some sort of advertisement around town where they say, Here's aisle, here are the orange and blue like Nikes that you can get that the team wears. It's easy, easy money, easy marketing. That could happen. Something like that could happen. But the the thing that really is gonna help, and it's gonna help these smaller sports as well maybe not as consistently but it's the local business aspect anybody can pay these guys it's like thing the the example that chris welch always brings up is that and just imagine dick sporting it what if Illinois soccer has a really good game and or they're playing well they have a great team and dick sporting goods is like hey we're gonna have uh we're gonna have you guys or a few of you guys show up here's like hundred dollars you're gonna sign autographs here and then it just floods in people, like fans of the Illinois soccer team, which they have a lot of. They just had that game today. After that game, they had the uh, 
the whole team versus a hundred or whatever. Oh, they did yeah, that. They that's did that today. Promo. So that's, that's like, a wild promo. so they had a bunch of like, and I'm sure they would just do it right after the game there, but just things like that. That's where they can see some of this revenue and everything. And there's a lot of different ways that this applies. And it'll be really interesting to see honestly what the athletes come up with when yeah. they get there, because I'm sure they're not going to shy away from these opportunities. Oh, if no. They get it. I mean, you, you want to make money, obviously, if you can still yeah. maintain your eligibility, which is, which is why I think you have so many... I mean, one, sometimes players are good enough to go to the NBA and college basketball after one year. <laughs> Most but, of the time. But the one-and-done rule... Like, one-and-done becomes a, an entirely different thing. Well, if you're a star at now. Kentucky, you're a star at Duke, and you're not worried about putting food on the table for your family back home that's struggling. Yeah, so... If you're able to get that money now, I mean, isn't that good? Because you can continue to pursue your education after that. You're not. You're not... You're not pressured in those situations, um, and, and and it's interesting because Io Desunmu is is the, the the perfect example of this for Illinois. I honestly, yeah, I put him, but I mean, and as he, far as who's he's gonna not make... worried about his family. That he said that like as part of his reason for coming back. You know, he said my family is is working good. They're living good. They this, yeah. Illinois is the right place for me to be. He was able to recognize that, but that... so many players come from. Families where well, you know, you're really Leonard struggling left. to get by. That's why Myers Leonard left was because he needed it, he needed the money, and that's like, I mean, let's be honest. There are maybe two basketball players a year, and football. I don't even think compares. I don't think that any football. I mean, maybe like Tua or Jalen Hurts could make this kind of money, but the basketball players are the ones. Those are the ones you see their faces. The the Zion's, the R.J. Barrett's, oh my those God. guys. They two- would make. So much money off of this, it would be unbelievable. What was it that game at? Was it at North Carolina when Duke played North Carolina, where the cheapest tickets in the building were two yeah. K, yeah. two so, racks to no. get in the building to see Zion Williamson play North Carolina? So you get, but you get that debate going. They're not like they're gonna make the most money, but these guys like, I just don't see. It just makes sense. It's like it just I, makes sense. Yeah, I I mean as far as. This is the way to go. Salaries, I don't think, make sense. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense either. It There's going to be a lot of talk about this, though, because I think there are some serious problems that I think are going to get brought up. Uh, I, I mean, the revenue sports. You got football and basketball, and men's basketball are the revenue sports that you would put in every university. How does this work for the women's sports on campus? Because are like this is leaving their pay, their all of their stuff is being left up to other people for paying them for that. So you got to worry about that because there's already all of these different constructs and all these different problems as far as gender pay already. How does that factor in? Um, right, and you'd certainly think that it's not going to it's not going to be something that's like equal. It, yeah, and there's not going to be money in that at all. I mean, I'm sure like if this was the case last year, I'm sure with how good Illinois volleyball was last year, Jordan Poulter probably would have been like having public appearances, like, being able to go, like, stop around. All of them probably. Yeah, all of them could have. And I would argue that they all, even now, they all, like, would all be making money off their name, image, and likeness, for sure. Haven't been following the team as closely now. That's why I'm just bringing up last year's. I just know, I followed, I was, like, right alongside Jordan Poulter as she was going, like, going through Illinois. But that... That's just why I brought her up. But that that those are some problems that come up with this. It, they're acknowledging that you know other players are going to get paid way more than this. But this is just all this bill is really doing is just eliminating this archaic rule that the NCAA has had around their 
their concept of amateurism. What a time to be alive. Um, we're not going to overwhelm too much because we could talk we could talk about this for an hour we could talk about this for a long time i could talk about this for literally days it's going to be interesting uh but before you go cole i want to talk to you a little bit about being you know what you are now which is a washed up i'm dried out alumni i'm washed old he walked in here with his cane and i'm gonna have to walk him back out and help him get into his car he's so old and washed up i am so washed with homecoming coming up next weekend, it is just another reminder. It's I get to I get to not be washed for like a day, and it's gonna be Cameron's cams. Dude, I'm the- really sad about cams closing. I'm terrified for a world without cams. That place is a shrine. It's just the great one of the greatest places in the world. It's one of the greatest place. It is my favorite place on this campus. Uh, I spend many a days there, and. Um, I just, it's just another part of this campus and probably the last real, like, stalwart when it comes to that stuff on just stuff getting torn down for these apartment buildings that there's no way they're filling every room. There's There's no no way. way. I refuse to believe it. I don't understand how this is happening, how these keep getting built, those ones right on Green Street down the road that are just keep popping up, the old firehouse in Clyde. Yeah. I was, uh, so I called the Dean. Weird name. Weird Wait, name. that's the name it's of the apartment the building. It's called the Dean. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what is that? Uh, so, there's just so I got a friend that just moved over here, and as like and I, being in Springfield, I'm only an hour away. I've come back a couple times already, just in the past month, but or in the past couple months. But they, I kind of whenever I'm telling them places to go, I just start thinking like this campus has changed so much since I was a freshman like just six years ago and me too I cannot imagine being an older alumni somebody who went here in maybe like the 80s and coming back Dick Buckus was just on campus what does he think about all this oh I should have I should have asked him like does he um, even recognize Green Street anymore is he anymore? going to cams did you ask him if he's going <laughs> to cams he's definitely not he's probably back in California now uh, in nice weather yeah no but that is just it's just wild how much this is cha- how much this is like changed all of the restaurants my favorite places I like Antonio's, Papa D's, Firehouse. I got to experience Antonio's my freshman year. Uh, good place. Oh, it's just pizza. Good pizza. It's so sad, so sad. But I, I, I was talking about with some friends about just what they want, like from their last trip. You need some sort of keepsake, something to have from it. I got my idea. What is it? I'm gonna get like a glass bottle. And I'm gonna fill it with the floor juice. Oh, good <laughs> lord! Like, like when oh, people, god. like when people get a jar of sand from the desert. <laughs> I'm just gonna have this. Oh, god. I'm gonna have this bottle of Cam's floor juice, and I'm gonna. If you ever want to get a disease, just I'm gonna take a seal swig of that. No, I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna drink it. <sighs> I'm gonna seal it. I'm gonna make sure the smell doesn't get out. I'm gonna see if that works. I don't know. It may go through the glass. I'm not positive, but that is gonna be my. That is gonna be my keepsake. And it's gonna be hilarious, and I'm ready for it. But let's talk about this new. Let's talk about this new triple bar. Is it three stories? Is it that is what they're three stories? It's going up just a few blocks away from where we're sitting. We're sitting at the intersection of Third and Green Street at another similar apartment building at, at Two Twelve East. One of these uh, buildings that has just popped up with more expensive rent and uh, more amenities. Very modernized. Very very bougie. Uh, all these things that students are definitely not going to be able to keep filling up. Anyway. Uh, this looks like a pretty robust bar. It's so, going to be three different themed bars. Yeah, so no, so, I don't know, You have you ever been to Ole Miss? No. So I, I had not. a cousin 
This All is, of my cousin goes there, actually. I am terrified I that this is what's going to happen with this new bar. I'm, I'm really worried with how he's pitching this. It sounds exactly like the bar they have at Ole Miss. I'm really worried that this is how he's going to, like, pitch. He is Scott Cochran. Cochran, Owner yeah. and monopolist of the champagne bar scene. It's insane, man. But that's, like, what's the last holdouts? Legends, Murphys, and Joes. Joes. Joes is holding out, yeah. I, I think Joes fits more in those categories. Yeah. Joes and Brothers, I yeah. guess. But the this is what I'm worried about. The, in, at Ole Miss, they got a bar called The Library, and it's very similar. That's a good name. They got three different bars. And you got one that's like the dancing, big open area. You can hang out. It's like club scene. You got one that's more the sports bar. They got big TVs everywhere. And then you got the third in the back that's just the chill laid back. It's kind of like got some outside spots. Mm. It sounds very similar to what he's pitching here. And the reason that it's really scary with what they do at Ole Miss, they offer at the beginning of the year. And this is why it's good for students, I guess. But it's terrible for washed alumni like myself. (laughs) Because... You, they have this deal where you get a library card at the beginning of the year or the beginning of the semester. It's called a library card. You pay $100, and you get in without cover all year. It's just something you keep in your oh, wallet. Oh, I'm buying that. <laughs> so you get in without cover. But I went down to Ole Miss to visit my cousin. for They played LSU. This was two years ago. This was my senior year. I got charged $50 oh, cover at this bar, man. That's straight up evil. It's just, it's just a, and I totally understand. It's a campus bar. You don't want to have like just a bunch of randoms coming in. You get the campus scene, anybody that's buying this, this yeah. library card. But for somebody that's just going to come for one weekend, like for instance, homecoming, where it's just going to be a flood of alumni, yeah. then you just got this, you got this barrier that for this sucks. new bar. And it's, I'm worried. I don't like that business practice. I think it's, well, they already do the iCard thing sometimes. Where What's it's the like, iCard thing? If you don't have an iCard, it's like $20 cover. They, they've done that at Lion. Are you serious? I didn't oh, know yeah. they were doing that. They do it every summer, and they have done it at times when it gets busier. Really? So, yeah. Interesting. And that's, uh, I think that's something that we're more likely to see. Yeah, that could happen. That could happen. But I don't know. I'm, I'm worried sucks. about this campus, man. I walk around, and I'm not recognizing it. You guys got a Taco Bell now? Yeah, like, is Taco Bell eating into the burrito king scene as much as I? As much uh, as I... It probably is a lot. Actually, yeah, I don't like... really like to. I'm not a fan of either. Um, yeah. I'd rather die than eat Taco Bell. Um, my friend <laughs> Juan has recently reintroduced burrito king to me, regrettably. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of changes, Kansas. man. I'm not ready for it. I'm ready to have. It will a never full... be the same. I I just it's getting slower and slower. I've been out of here for two years now. This is, and it is getting less and less like the campus I knew and loved, and it's really sad. All right, last thing before I oh. go on to talk some Illinois basketball and, and play some of, let you guys hear some of these interview audio, or let you hear some of the interviews I did with uh, Brad, Georgie, Trent, and Io. Um, Cole, I want what you will miss the most about Cams. You asked Jake this, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so. I always liked the music scene at Cam's. I thought it was by far the best. It was just the most like... Interesting. Sorry, I, I know. I am I told you I'm washed, <laughs> but the Lion music scene never did it for me. It, you know, Cam's didn't never do the... Cam's didn't never do the DJ scene. Like, I think... They have switched to it a little bit now. Are they really? That's yeah. a Cochran thing, man. I'm not about that. Cam's was always just the plug in the iPod, or plug in your phone, and you're just going to chill, and it's going to be... 
at some point in the night, the country night, I was never for country night, never went to country night. Boo, yeah, country night. Boo, country music. Yeah, so, no. I, was never, I hope you're offended out there if you like country music. Never about the country night, but the just the other nights, there would always be that part, and it was always right when you had just enough, right when you're having just enough fun, you would just get thrown into some, like, somebody's summer hits of the 90s playlist or something. And it always came on at the perfect time, and I know I'm basic, I know I am. But, you know, that's the, that's just what gets me. Also, they would always do that. They would do this at camp. So they would do that fake out where you'd go Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, into the, like, Soldier Boy, like, crank that. Oh, and, it, and it was just the that's most... fire. I hated that, dude. Because Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You is just... You love that song, right? Yeah, of course I do. See, I like that because that's a that's a good that just sounds like a good transition to me. You've never heard that they well, that was like my senior year that happened. I think I have every time I, I, I was I have out. heard that. I think I've heard that at, at Lion. I think I've heard yeah. that at like every bar at this point. Like, yeah, but I don't know. But anyway, great stuff with Cole. Great to have you back on campus. I'll, I'll see you at homecoming next week as well. Yeah. But we wanted to get this one done now because I'm gonna have some other guests on, and you know, Cole Hankey might have hurt me if I didn't have him on before other people that yeah, I'm associated Tati. with. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta get Tati <laughs> Perry on this podcast. If if she ever comes out of her house, I think that's we're two for two on referencing Tati not coming out to things now. Yeah, no, talked about that too last week. That's the that's the next pod I'll listen to. He's the one that Tati's on. Alright well be a hot <laughs> Thank you very much Cole. Right. Um that was some good stuff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um I'll see you next week of course and Got some got some good stuff coming up on the show about Illinois basketball. All right, that was some great stuff with Cole Hankey from WCIA in Springfield. Now we're going to move on to more Illinois basketball content. I recently had um, at Media Availability Day some one-on-ones with Georgie Bezhanishvili, head coach Brad Underwood, Io Dasunmu, and Trent Frazier, so I'm going to play some audio from those interviews um, here before you wrap up this podcast. Um, really great stuff from Georgie. Uh, we talked about his budding relationship with uh, freshman big man Kofi Coburn. Um, really, it's going to be huge for them playing together and how well they can mesh on the court for Illinois. Uh, we also talked a little bit about um, their like for baby, the rapper, and um, some other uh, musical interest for Georgie, among other things. Uh, so let me play that real quick. And I apologize for the rough transitions here um, for these interviews. But here we go. What was it? What is this, just your guys' friendship like? Friendship? I mean, it's just so many jokes and so many fun moments and just uh, um, just hanging out, spending time together, either it's getting food or just hanging out at his dorm or my apartment or just on campus anywhere and just, uh, just having fun, maybe laugh at this or this and... It's just building a great relationship with a human being, you know. You guys kind of were in the same area. Did you play against each other at all before you guys came uh, here? I played him at Rucker Park one time, and I was like, damn, who is this guy? Such a huge guy who is physically so dominant, can run, jump, um, make plays, you know, make uh, great passes. And when I first saw him in New York, uh, not saw him but played against, I was really, really impressed. What's he like just as a person? Just as a person. Um, he's a high-character guy. Respectful, uh, respectful to people, real respectful, and just uh, likes to have fun, cracks jokes, uh, likes to dance. He will bring out his his dance a little bit, I think, and uh, 
Papa's a great guy. I asked him about that DaBaby move you guys are always hitting. Do you oh, yeah. like DaBaby too? Oh yeah, I like DaBaby. We listen to all kinds of different artists. Right now, DaBaby is trending, so we kind of dance to his music. But um, yeah, we make up some moves, you know, in the locker room or whatever, and just have fun with it. I think I heard one time that he heard you playing some Jamaican music once. Oh yeah, I love Jamaican music. Always, uh, always been listening. Even before I came to the United States, always listened to Jamaican music. To be honest, and I think it was on COVID. It was a coincidence. I was playing. I was working out, and I was playing Jamaican music in the gym. I was playing some popcorn. And uh, Kofi came in and he started dancing. So I'm like, you know this? And he's like, yes. And then we just bonded from there on. So you didn't try to finesse him by playing popcorn? You, you no, actually, like, I actually, you to popcorn? I actually didn't even know. That's, uh, that's really sad, but I didn't know that we had a um, recruit. And it was, I think it was early morning and he just flew in. I came straight after he checked in the hotel, he came straight here. And I was working out by myself. I was by myself. Nobody was in the gym with me. And I was just playing popcorn, and he just came in. It was just a funny moment. That's magical timing. <laughs> it was, yeah. What would you say your favorite kind of music is? My favorite, I listen to all kind of music. I listen to a lot of Georgian music, um, a lot of hip-hop, some R&B, um, some classical music sometimes. I really like to switch it up. And I don't know. Right now, for example, the last couple of days, I've been listening to a lot of Takeoff. Shout out to Takeoff from Migo. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, you know, high-energy guys, upbeat guys like you and Kofi, what does that do for your teammates around you? Well, it just brings everybody up, you know. The whole energy rises throughout practice or a game, you know, whenever some guys, you know, dealing with something and having a bad day or this and that, and then you have somebody like Kofi or uh, myself to lift the energy up. It just brings guys up from that, you know, being down or whatever. So I think it's a great presence. You know, there weren't as many expectations on, on you as a freshman as there are on him. But you came in you, and you really found your groove. What do you think, what sort of advice could you offer him? Uh, to Kofi, just uh, don't really listen to anything that people are saying, you know. There can be a lot of compliments, say thank you. It can be a lot of hate, say thank you. And then just do whatever you got to do. Be yourself. Definitely just be yourself. Kofi, like, not only Kofi, but to whoever. Whoever, anything, just be yourself. Whenever you're yourself and you work hard and give it all out, the result will always show. So that, that's why I have to tell him, just be yourself, work hard, give it all out, and the result will show itself. You know, Trent came in here a year before you, his freshman year, really shined and, and really kind of made an impression. And he still do, yes. And he still does, that's right. Yes. Um, but now, you know, you, there's guys that have draw a lot of attention. You, Io, Kofi. How has Trent handled managing and sharing that spotlight and, and putting his teammates mm -hmm. on, too? It's not about anybody. Here. It's about the one big orange family. So me coming in or Ayo or now Kofi taking it. It's not about that, you know, or somebody having a spot. It's all about uh, each other, you know, all about Illinois, all about that I in front, all about that Illinois. So we just represent big orange family. We don't really care, you know, I have the spotlight or Alan Griffin right here has the spotlight or this guy or this guy. We're just having fun trying to win and then trying to work hard. And that's it. We don't really care about that stuff, you know. Kofi said he's been living on the treadmill. Can you attest to that? Is that true? Um, he's been on the treadmill a couple of times, <laughs> I can tell you that. Running over there, you know, whenever. I think he got a deal with, uh, I think it's Coach Chen. He got a deal right there. Whenever he misses an LU dunk, he just runs to the treadmill by himself. He doesn't even, nobody has to tell him. So that's one of his deals. He maybe got a couple of other deals with a couple of other coaches. I don't really know, to be honest. But that's one of his deals. I heard it the last time. He missed the alley-oop dunk and just ran straight to the treadmill. So he do run, yes. And he can run. 
you know, watching this team, it, it seems like you guys are more upbeat, more positive, and, and more expectant of yourselves mm-hmm. this year. Would you say that that is, is true from when you came in last year? I mean, we're just uh, more confident in each other. And um, to have 11 guys coming back and know what year, not exactly what year will be, but what it's like, you know, how we travel, what is conference play, what is preseason play, how you manage, um, manage academics throughout all that. So just knowing all that, guys are, you know, really confident in that. We know how to handle that and just, you know, more focused, okay, on the court, practice, getting better, whatever. You know, you, know, you look at Illinois' roster and you compare it to other schools and you guys have a lot more international players than most schools. Mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of sell does that allow you to make to those other guys? You know, you say, look, I came here right away and it found made a home, had a lot of success. Mm-hmm. What does that do for you guys? I mean, for us uh, as a whole team, you know, having guys from different cultures, it's just like everybody brings something to the table. In the United States, yes, everybody brings something to the table, but it can be really similar. Now with the international guys, it can be something really different. Different cultures, you know, some guys behave a little different or like have different manners or have different, you know, uh, habits or something. And having all that really opens up the mind of the whole team. You know, everybody looking at things differently now. Okay, this guy's different or behaves different because he he been raised different. He's from different culture. And I have to accept that. And that is okay. And that is actually such a cool thing. So to have all, the, all my teammates to accept how I do things, or Kofi, or Benjamin, or Andres, or like whoever, it's just a great thing to have. What does that say about Coach Underwood, you know, having the vision to find all you guys individually and and bring all you guys in here? Not only Coach Underwood, but I want to give a shout out to the whole coaching staff. They've just been so great, you know, obviously recruiting people, we one of the most talented teams, I would say, just great recruiters, and just really being not, oh, I have to recruit just here, or just in Chicago, or go to New York, or California, whatever. They really just look all over, you know, and they don't really care probably of the background of the people, you know, or whatever, or whatever they come from. Just trying to great guys, great character guys, good basketball players. And um, huge shout-out to the whole coaching staff. There he was, the man himself, Georgie Bezhanishvili. Really a, a, just a media darling and just kind of just a great guy in general. Um, right after Georgie, I talked to, to head coach Brad Underwood, who brought him to Illinois, of course, and we talked about their relationship and just kind of how Illinois has been able to play the international market so well here um, with Georgie, Andres Feliz from the Dominican Republic, Kofi, who is Jamaican originally, and Benjamin Bosmans-Verdonk from Belgium. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to play that again. Another rough transition. Here we go. It seems like Kofi and Georgie have really hit it off. Just, what have you seen in that relationship blossoming from them? Well, I, you know, I think they're both big personalities. Um, and 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 I think they understand how important each one can be to the other, and and how successful, and how much easier they are. Now they go at it every single day. When I don't match them up, uh, uh, always on the same team, I put them against each other, and 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 both of them are extremely competitive, uh, which is the way it should be. They make each other better. They drive each other uh, all the time. I think that. Uh, you know, Georgie very early on made sure he grabbed Kofi, and that was this summer, and bringing him into the weight room with him and understanding uh, what that work ethic was going to be like and what it took to be a, 
uh, a successful college player. So from there, it's just maturation, and those guys have, have become very, very close. You sort of coyly referenced, you know, that that famous scene now when they're talking about trying to get Adam Miller's attention. We love you, Adam. I know you can't talk about that specifically, but what kind of energy does Georgie have that, you know, it seems to really have an effect on players wanting to come and play with him? Sure. I mean, people, people enjoy energy guys they don't want they don't want guys who suck the energy out of a they enjoy that they thrive on that that's that's exciting uh, Kofi's that same guy Kofi's got that I mean Kofi they're both fun they enjoy you know you got you got two young men who really enjoy life not just playing basketball but they they enjoy what the University of Illinois has to offer and the education piece and the social piece and and, and that's contagious and uh, people want to be a part of that. Looked like it was tough to get him to take a straight face photo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to you know, you got you to keep him in check a little bit and, 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 and understand that, you know, there's, there's a time and a place for everything uh, and that's okay. I would much rather have, have that issue than, you know, trying to you know, crack the whip, so to speak, to get them to, to move or do something. This is a group that has uh, a lot of personality, and it's contagious because of those guys. They're both examples of playing the international market, and Andres as well, and Benjamin as well. What, how different is it recruiting those guys, and, and how much does it help to, to have a guy like George, to have a guy like Andres, you know, who came in here and had success last year? Well, success is the key word Any, to anything in recruiting, not just... Uh, internationally uh, you know you want to see guys that that maybe other players out there or think they're similar to and can walk in here and be successful in our system uh, you know just so happens they're international guys and and, and Georgie has has done that at a very high level uh, so you know it, it, it's definitely helped and uh, you know I hope it continues to, to build and again those guys personalities their pay it forward mentality is a big piece to uh, keeping that going. Which we Brad. Some valuable insight from Brad Underwood there. And now we're going to go to Trent Frazier, talked a little bit about um, to him about him and Io, just how this team has, has progressed this year, and also about uh, Kofi and Georgie's friendship. So here we go. Hey, Trent, how's it going? How you doing? Uh, pretty good. You know, it, it's really evident seeing Kofi and, and Georgie's kind of how they move around and, and always seem to be carefree and having a, a fun time. What's that, what's that do for a team, you know, seeing guys so full of life and joy like that? I mean, it's fun. To, I mean, it's fun to be around those guys. Those guys are very energetic. Um, obviously, you know, George, you know, he comes, he comes to practice ready every day. You know, I mean, 6 a.m. in the morning, he's screaming. I mean, we need those type of guys. Those are great locker room guys, and that's, that's going to that's gonna help change this program now. And um, Kofi, he's been incredible for us. Um, he doesn't take... He doesn't take that, you know, that role of just, I'm a freshman, you know, um, he doesn't care. I mean, it's, it's, this is the next level right here, and he, he's taking that responsibility, you know, to know that, he, you know, Georgie's going to go at him every time. So, you know, he got to, you know, he got to put on his shoes every day like Georgie does. So, you know, those guys go after, go after it every day, and uh, they're very competitive, and, um, I mean, we're, we're only getting better every day. You know, after the freshman year you had, it seems like you kind of would know how to deal with pressure that, that comes with having success. Kobe's had a lot of success everywhere he's been. What, what could you tell him about dealing with expectations like that? I mean, I think he knows, um, you know, the expectations that that, that, that people are going to have for him. Um, you know, he's a bullseye. I mean, he's seven foot. Um, so, 
guys are going to try to go out of the neck. He can't, he can't be cool. He knows that. I mean, he's a great player. I mean, he comes to, like I said, he comes to practice, you know, trying to go at Georgie neck every day. I mean, the, the, the competitiveness those, those two guys have, I mean, it's, it's crazy to watch and practice every day. So, I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm very excited for both of those guys, and they're going to be incredible for this team. It was funny seeing them hit that the baby move during the picture. They seem they seem to be doing that all the time. Do you guys like the baby? I love the baby. That's our that's our guy right there, man. You know, he's been he's been. I mean, he's just one of the number one new artists in, in uh, the country. So I mean, he's been he's very successful. So I mean, it's just fun, you know, to be around these type of guys with this type type of energy. You know, that likes the same music, and you know, it's just fun to be around. What does that do? You know, you guys kind of being able to bond around things. You know, like like the baby just being the hottest new artist basically I just think it helps you know just that relationship we have off the court I mean it just only makes the relationship strong on the court you know guys just just know each other you know know each other know each other know what they do and uh, just being around each other more is just going to help this team and you got a lot of international flavor on this roster what if what if guys like Kofi Andres you know all of them what have they taught you about life in the world I mean, it's just different. They, they've taught us a lot of things. You know, we learned a lot of different things from them. You know, their background, their cultures, you know, just coming from different families and stuff. And how far, you know, far they, uh, apart they are from um, America. Um, it's incredible to learn different things about, you know, different different countries. You know, there's a lot. Of, you talked about it last week at Big Time Media Days, you know, about you and I playing together and, and gelling better, succeeding at the same time. What do you think is the, the biggest factor in, into you guys just both going off at the same time on the court? I mean, I just think, I mean, this is going to help our team be much better, you know. Um, with just us being, you know, glued together, you know, playing playing well, you know, um, every game is going to help this team. I mean, I think it starts with us, you know. Um, obviously, we're two, we're two leaders, and, you know, we got to lead this team. But, um, you know, just, just being on the same page at all aspects is uh, going to help this team. Do you feel like you've adjusted your mindset or your style of play at all to better fit the talents of this team? Um... I'm the I'm the same same guy, you know. Um, I just don't I just feel like I don't have to do as much, you know, anymore, you know. Um, with these with a bunch of guys like Kofi, George, you know, Io, Dre, just everyone, you know. A lot we got a, we got a different we got different options. So just me not being able not having to bring the ball up every time, you know. I mean, just ex, ex, exceeding all my energy all, all the time is incredible, you know. I got there's a lot of help on this team, and you know we're going to be successful this year, and I'm very excited. How have you seen Kofi kind of factor into things defensively? And I, I know that people, Brad's talked about, you know, how he's he's getting in shape and, and, and can really run more than some people are giving him credit for. Um, it, he's doing an unbelievable job, you know. I mean, just just him being, you know, just him being in ball screens is, is, is you know, just hard to get around. I mean, the, 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 the loud the, the talk, the communication that he he has and just his big his big body and, and, the, and the pain, I mean, it's just hard to go around him, so. He's definitely going to be a big threat for us and he's going to be helpful on defense for us. There you have it from Trent Frazier, and we're getting pretty long here, so I'm just going to go ahead and play Io um, in his audio, talk to him just about the season in general um, and, and the energy that guys like Kofi and Georgie and international players have brought this program. It's been like just finally getting practice underway for real with, with Kofi in here and, and some of these other new guys in here. Oh, it's been fun. Um, getting better and better each and every day, closer and closer to the regular season, so it's, it's been fun. What do you think you guys have improved the most on from, from this season to last season, just holistically as a team? I feel like we improved the most on Panthers and little details and practice and, you know, staying focused on practice. 
What do you think uh, guys like, I mean, obviously you've seen Georgie and Kobe come in and kind of hit it off. What do you think that positive energy, that that, that high energy, that, that, that love of fun, and it seems like life in general, what does that do for other guys on the team? I mean, it's good. You know, that's their personalities. You know, everyone here has their own personality. So them being them is good because they can do what they do. They can do what they want in the aspect of being their own personalities. Similar hype around Kofi that there was around you. Different because you're an insane guy, but how can you help a guy like that handle expectations? Oh, I mean, I tell them all the time: stay focused, don't pay attention to social media. You know, the fans they can be with you one day and on your next day. So just, you know, that aspect. You know, I give them little tips. Of course, this team is going on the road early, which is, you know. Place Illinois has struggled a lot. You got a couple big wins last year. You think of the Maryland game at the Garden. You think of at Ohio State. What have you guys learned from from those wins about going on the road? I mean, the road is tough. I mean, that's one of the toughest places to play on. You're on the road. You know, everyone is against you, but that's what you got to win. That's where the big players come up. That's where the, the, the good teams win, and that's what I'm locked in on. You mentioned yourself that you kind of, last week, you kind of improved all around. Is there one area that you think you've made more strides in than others? I feel like I'm just a different player. I mean, I feel like I'm just better all around. I wouldn't just say one aspect. I just feel like I'm just a much better player, much different player. Could have gone to the NBA last season, obviously. Um, and you said, you know, you kind of talked over with your family and decided that this was right for you. What do you love about Illinois? What makes this the right place for you? I just love the, the, the atmosphere here. I love the coach staff. I feel like it's the best place for me. I feel like I had a lot more in my tank to show, a lot more in my tank to show, personal-wise and team-wise, and I feel like I'm here to show it and be a leader and try to help win. Um, you know, Brad's kind of taking a, a different approach, playing the international market a lot for players, guys like Kofi, Georgie, Andres, uh, Benjamin. What do you? What have you seen? What's different about, you know, basketball uh, internationally? I mean, if you can play basketball, you can play basketball. It doesn't matter where you're from. So, you know, them going out, I don't care what they If someone is color, purple hair, I mean, if someone is purple yellow and they can play basketball you can play basketball it really doesn't matter where they're from what sort of things have those guys taught you about life in the world oh i mean everyone comes from a struggle so um you know they just taught me that they they told me their story they struggle and and i respect it well if you made it this far then you've heard a lot of information and and a lot of stuff about illinois football illinois basketball great great talk with cole hankey always good seeing an old friend and and it's really cool when uh, someone you've known for a while goes on to do great things for themselves. So shout out to Cole. Shout out to you guys if you've made it this far in the podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back with more on It's All Good. <laughs>